Quick plug for last night of what happened as we're recording this, at least. Uh, We're coming off of the morning after the February monthly coaching Q&A call that happens with the Academy, Mm -hmm. which uh, this particular month was an exceptional recording and call that took place with the way it just flows. Okay. With all the people that were on the call, yeah. all the people chiming in to the conversation, yeah, it was uh, a lot of continuations fun. of content that we cover here on episodes, because that's one of the benefits of the Academy, uh, and it's a huge plug, shameless plug I'm giving here for the Academy and for its members, uh, is an incredibly supportive, curious, helpful group of people mm-hmm. that we want you to join as well and, and add your voice to the equation if you're listening to this and you're not yet a member of the Academy, but the Q&A call, uh, what, they, what we did this week or this month was we jumped on to uh, a couple of the episodes we've done just recently on how we muddied the waters on a couple of things. Okay. Uh, own that one, mm-hmm. totally. And then also uh, some things that had been shared, we just went deeper with on just concepts that really help frame what's really going on on how we can look at some of the dynamics that happen in marriage. And so... Uh, we want you to join us too. Uh, the way you do that is smr.fm slash academy, and you can jump in uh, because everybody's better when we have more voices involved. It feels like a whole team on those calls, you know, yep. um, people that are asking questions and also want to support everybody else that's on there too. So it's, it's really a fun, I mean, Good relationships develop. Yeah. And so, there. welcome to the show, by the way. After shameless plug over, although I got one more coming in just a minute, but we're so glad that you found the nation. That's my wife, Pam. Uh, I'm Dr. Corey Island. Just where we're having conversations, try, try to help heat up your bedroom mm-hmm. and help frame uh, what goes on in your bedroom and outside of it so that uh, connection can be better, energy can be better, passion can be better. Uh, and experiences can just be better in your life and in your marriage. And mm-hmm. so we want your voice. 214-702-9565 is how you can uh, call into a voicemail and add your thoughts or feedback at sexymarriageradio.com is our email inbox, which that's where we're heading today. Perfect. It's a message that came in from last week's episode. Uh, so we'll unpack that. Um, but we also are in uh, getaway launch season if you will. For our getaway in June. Exactly. That's kind of the whole point. In June 13th through the 15th here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area is our Sexy Marriage Radio getaway. So registration is going on now. SMR.FM slash getaway is where you reserve your spot. April 15th, a date that's near and dear to our hearts, is the date that the early bird rate goes away. And so if you're thinking about joining us, uh, get in there now because there are people signing up uh, reg- rev- reservations being made, flights mm-hmm. being scheduled, uh, babysitting being arranged. <laughs> There's a lot going on. And so we want to have you join us because it's a great opportunity to explore even deeper what we do here on the show. And quick tease, I've got a session planned in my mind that I've never done before at a getaway. So... I think it's going to be a blast. Very, it's going to be, yeah, very cool. We've fun. had a good time just talking about yeah. what what this would look like and how this would play out, yeah, uh, with people. So uh, you're going to want to be there because this is not recorded and we don't we don't let other people see. You got to be there right. to be a part of it. So come join us. Uh, SMR.FM/slash/getaway is where you can reserve your spot. So coming up today on the regular free version, 
of Sexy Merge Radio is, like I mentioned, we're continuing a conversation based on last week's episode of which is more destructive, his porn or her reaction. And we'll unpack the last week and then get into the, the feedback we got because it was more than just one that we got on okay. this. That we And I kind of figured there would be some pushback, which I so love the audience and the nation yep. speaking up because it helps all of us be better and frame conversations for everyone, including ourselves. Yeah. And then on the extended content, we're going to continue what we, what we unpacked a little bit last week, which is on the sexual polarity of the masculine feminine dynamic. And we're going to add some, some verbiage and characteristics to the different uh, poles of this equation okay, of to the masculine and to the feminine. And so if you want to be a part of that, you're going to want to join the Academy, uh, smr.fm slash Academy, and you can join at any level, but that gets you the extended content. And so all that's coming up right after this. Well, Pam, we've had a couple of different weeks now to dive into the world of Babbel, mm-hmm. babbel.com where language learning software that's intuitive and easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it walks you through what stands out to you on the process of learning so far? Because I know we're just scratching the surface. Well, I number one, I love that it's an app on my phone. Yes. Super, and it's easy to just pop up when I've got 15 or 20 minutes to take a lesson. Mm-hmm. The pictures, the words, the audio, so it's using my eyes, my mouth, my ears, all of them there at the same time. Um, the it's like I'm a little kid learning, right? That's how <laughs> that's how they learn yep. language yep. is by being there working on on the basics together. Yeah, absolutely. I love, I, I love the fact that this quick 10-minute lessons that are handcrafted by over 200 language experts that help you start speaking new languages, mm-hmm. sometimes in as little as three weeks. And it's designed, this is the thing I love the most, it's designed by real people for real conversations. Yeah. Because it truly becomes, how do you enter into a dialogue? Mm-hmm. Not just the whole structure and grammar, you know, all the different things like we do with the English language. Although they put that in there. <laughs> that, that is absolutely there. But where it starts, it makes the tips and tools are approachable, accessible, and they're rooted in real life situations mm-hmm. where you're introducing each other. You're saying hello mm-hmm. to each other. And interesting fact, studies from Yale and Michigan State University prove that Babel is better because one study actually found that using Babel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Wow. So dive in and you can be learning a language and the aspects of it in no time. So here's a special limited offer for our listeners. Right now you get 50% off a one-time payment for lifetime Babel subscription, but it's only for our listeners. And so you're going to get that at babbel.com slash SMR. That's 50% off at babbel.com slash SMR. And that's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash SMR. Rules and restrictions may apply. So the email that came in, uh, actually, I'm not going to go to the email yet. Okay. Um, Let's set the stage of what we did last week. Because it was based on an email that had come in of a husband's pornography use was discovered. Mm -hmm. Uh, The wife was obviously hurt Mm -hmm. and and. And there was some serious pain that was mm-hmm. coming from it, but her reactions were more than just hurt. Mm-hmm. They turned into attacks, character assaults, if you will, name calling, uh, demeaning yeah. statements. 
which just further compounds the dynamic and the struggle that happens in a marriage. Mm-hmm. And where we where we tried to land the episode was there's usually things underneath that are at play. Like for her, it was fear. It's kind of where the word we landed on. Mm-hmm. And for him, it was shame. Right? Okay. So an email came in from a wife that says, Corey and Pam, I listened to the previous episode and I'm disappointed in your response. I totally agree that in normal circumstances, your advice was spot on. But I think for this particular situation, you missed the mark. This wife has recently discovered her husband's porn use, which is akin to discovering his infidelity. As a result, she most likely is operating out of a place of trauma at this point. I recently read that trauma experienced after the discovery of sexual betrayal is comparable to the trauma experienced by victims of sexual assault. But she never mentioned the word trauma in the episode. This wife could very well be trying to manage the fact that her marriage as she knew it just exploded and her husband's been lying to her and creating a false reality in their marriage. His unfaithfulness and and her discovery of it has shattered her sense of safety. So rather than treat her as if her responses are the problem, why not advise him to help her regain a sense of safety? All of her questioning and micromanaging are probably her attempts at protecting herself from experiencing that kind of pain again, and he should see that under everything she's currently doing. She's not operating out of her rational brain right now. Due to his lying, hiding, and betrayal, she is operating out of a place of trauma, and needs to, he needs to recognize and own that his actions caused that. I was disappointed with how much onus you put on her in this situation. I also would advise you to look into the work of Jason and Shelley Martinkus that when what they have done in the area of betrayal trauma. It has helped me and my husband immensely through our journey of his affair. We are two years out in our healing, but if I had heard this podcast episode in the early months after our discovery, I would have been devastated and you probably would have lost this faithful listener. Thanks for your work. So, Several points here that jump out. I'm curious what jumps out to you, Pam. I, I guess <clears throat> our episode, you know, I've walked this journey too from Correct. as the wife who was on the other side. Right. Um, never an attempt to accuse the wife of anything here. Mm-hmm. And I get that it hurts. And there are reactions that are had. What I don't... Anytime I continue... I mean, because the original emailer has this issue where it's continuing that she's perpetuating a reaction that is um, character assassinations in essence. Right. It moves beyond, which that's kind of what she's pointing out, that <clears throat> she's out of her re- rational brain. Right. And it's coming from trauma. So it's a reactive. Right. And I get how that happens. Mm-hmm. I get how you would want him to come in to protect, but we've all got to see how our reactions affect the whole system and the, and the dynamic. And I realized that I, I realized that the way I had reacted to other things throughout our marriage is part of my 
contribution to our system. You were scared of me. Right. Right. Cause I reacted to things poorly early on in marriage mm-hmm. and it created this dynamic of, uh, I'm scared to right. even approach Pam with things. Um, and maybe that's what she's referring to in the norm. Is she says under, in normal the, under normal circumstances, but those normal circumstances are then what train our spouse well, on that, how, that's, that's how we're I going start. to react. That's where I want to start because under normal circumstances, there are still still some things underneath it that are at play. They just aren't above the threshold to really be wreaking a lot of havoc yet. Yet. And life will likely test that out at times because, and again, I will completely own that at Sexy Marriage Radio and the way I view the world, I have a skeptical skewed view of things a lot of times that the joke I use, which has a lot of truth in it still, is when I'm working with a client and they say, oh no, I had a really good childhood. Those are the ones I worry about, right? Because they have stuff that they've just kind of hidden. They're not addressing. They're not realizing. And maybe it doesn't wreak much havoc because they're not in major stressful, anxiety-provoking moments. Right. But that also means they're not in deep, close relationships with people as like they maybe they think they are. Mm-hmm. And I realize I'm stirring some things up with this, and I'm a little salty today about it, but I'm going to keep going on this thread because what happens with the way this is being impacted or way I'm hearing this and kind of why I thought we might get some of these emails that would come in with this message because it's totally accurate that trauma changes the way somebody hears this. Our experiences change the way somebody hears this. And it could come across as, well, the wife is the culprit here. When, yeah, and that's not what we're saying. When we try to constantly thread that needle of both are culpable, not for actions taken, Mm-mm. but for reactions and responses to actions taken. We both are culpable in what well, goes on in And what our the marriage. next steps are. And how it impacts us and what we do with it. Because if I've got trauma that's being triggered here, what I see happen far too often with her comment of... Um, his unfaithfulness and her discovery of it has shattered her his sense her sense of safety, and and legit. Okay, yes, and, and because it's coming from a place of trauma, but what happens too often is we use the trauma card as a hierarchy in a marriage, and okay. therefore my trauma and all the things associated with it totally determine everything that happens from then henceforth. Okay. Which is a diminishing way to look at what is pe- we're possible and capable of doing. Why is it, why do you say that? Why is it a diminishing way of looking at it? Because what happens systemically speaking is we get into this yes, but mentality. Okay. Right? Yes, but, and now all of a sudden my pain becomes primary. My okay. hurt becomes primary. And you and, must adjust accordingly. Okay. And and as someone in her shoes, she would want her pain to be primary. For her. And why does it shouldn't have to be primary for, for her? Him? That's okay. the question. Because this is okay. the systemic side of things. Okay. Right? And this is where I want to 
at least offer up the way that there are things happening simultaneously that you have to account for in the sense that, yes, her trauma, her pain, her hurt absolutely is valid. It absolutely is real. It absolutely needs to be acknowledged and even honored and respected, but it does not become the dominion and the dominant thing of the dynamic. Okay. It can't. And ultimately, it will hurt both of them if it does. And why is that? Because it makes it to where now we have this third rail of he can't even bring up any hint of subject matter, or which is part of what fuels his, his shame, likely, okay. with not disclosing the pornography earlier and then having it discovered. Okay. Because he likely knew, well, there could be some trauma here. Her reaction, her stance towards these things, she, why would I test that out? So I'll just do it in secret. And that's not necessarily a conscious thing, but it kind of becomes that. Okay. Right? There's rationality in the sense that I keep some things hidden that I know people aren't going to like. <laughs> there's, mm-hmm. there's an element of just, that's understandable. Okay. But when it comes out in the open, now we got the chance for both people to truly grow and become more in tune with who they each are. Mm-hmm and more solid with their feet under them better, to really face life better, and then see. But that means there has to be room for both of them. And so that's why I do not like the idea and love the phrase of, there is no hierarchy of pain. Her pain is real. Mm -hmm. His pain or his shame is also real. And he's trying to manage through that. She's trying to manage through her pain and right. how do I get to and next And so how steps? we manage those because of the pain or trauma does not justify our reactions. And that's what we wanted to try to get across with the show. Yeah. And that's what I want to try to get back to with this one too, is the idea of anytime there's something that's, that's offered up where it's a yes, but you have to recognize a lot of times what we're actually doing mm-hmm. with that phraseology is pushing out my partner's belief, experience, thought, opinion, presence, (laughs) and making my own primary and making my own dominant. When you both have something you've got to work on. Right. Because think think about the way this plays out a lot of times, this is in our life, is that we do the yes, but with facts. (laughs) We get into the fact fighting and the right fighting world. That's our history and present. <laughs> we do. Yes, but you said blah, blah, blah. And that's a dismissing of what, whatever it is you're bringing when I go that route, mm-hmm. which is the same thing we do. And, and again, my hope is this is heard as it's not either or here. What happens, what needs to happen is both ands. Her pain her shame, her irrationality and the way she's reacting to it. I'm just using that she's not with her rational brain. I don't mean it as crazy. Right. But she's just not coming from a rational brain because likely when she can settle herself, she can see it as, yeah, I don't like me being attacking like that either. Yeah, because when you're in self-protection mode sometimes. Right. Yeah. That, that matters. That's real. That's true. But recognizing the impact of it is what matters too. Seeing what you're teaching is what matters too. Mm -hmm. And so recognizing there's no hierarchy of pain 
And then the other component that jumps out to me from this is how I start. I started a quote again from the email uh, that just came in. His unfaithfulness and her discovery of it has shattered her sense of safety. So rather than treat her as if her responses are the problem, why not advise him to help her regain a sense of safety? That was one of the things I wrote down. I'm like, can can he help her regain a sense of safety? Or is... I don't think that's all on him. I think... Yeah, and it, I think as a spouse, I've got to one, set some boundaries and say, here's what I'm willing to... Um, accept in this relationship and here's what I'm not. Yeah. And then I, I is think, he turning his life around? Is he making those changes that show that there's integrity and that show there's who but, okay, but he wants to gets, live But from. here's where it gets deeper though. And then we're going to come back to the idea okay. of safety. Okay. When he wants to make some choices that, that show his integrity and character, still primary for him in my belief, the motivation of that has to be for himself. His wife becomes the beneficiary. It's not just so my wife is happy and feels safe. That's where it falls short. Because then all of a sudden I'm just produ- I'm presenting something that feels safer to my spouse while still not addressing what's really going on with me. Hmm. I set it to where my, my tyranny becomes the lowest common denominator, which is you. And the reverse can be true, too. That we, oh, well, they wouldn't like this, so therefore I will not bring that out. I'll hide that. I'll, and rather than, hold on. Marriage kind of requires us to develop ourselves in the presence of somebody else. And yes, they have influence, but they are not the main determinants of it. So if I do something temporarily to try and make someone else feel safe, ultimately that's what it is. It's for right. them. It's not necessarily me working on who I am, here's, here's where what, my core is, and it can come back mind. and backfire. Yeah, here's what comes to mind with that. On the, on the pa- process of discovery after portrayals of pornography usage, one of, the, one of the routes that is very common and is, I think is helpful is full transparency. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, you got used to, you got access to my phone, you got access to computers, you got access to every way I would have ever sought out pornography. It's all yours too. You're right? not you my can, accountability partner, see, no, but for a but short, but for a short time, you're gonna have access. I want you to see this is what I'm trying to do. This is who I am because what that does is it's not just exposing the manners in which I would go about doing things; it's exposing me, mm-hmm. and it's making my life be out in the open. If that is something that continues indefinitely though. And she continually, and I'm using the she here because this could go either way with depending on whatever form of infidelity, betrayal, frustration, you know, she, hiding. Yeah. The whatever female could have been goes, the one that cheated. Yeah. Or, or hiding money or hiding leisure time or, I mean, there's, sure. we hide all kinds of things in our lives <laughs> from each other sure. and it's not intentional. It's just reality. Sure. So I have to learn to live within the context of there will usually be things I don't know about my spouse. And I have to grow in comfort with that discomfort. Hmm. And so in the long run, when he goes the route of, I'm doing this for me because I just don't want this in my life. It's a better for him. The flip can also be, you know what? Pornography is such a vital part of my life. I want to be honest about that and let her make her choice too. 
that's true too. I would not counsel against that if that's truly who that guy is. I just want her to have an informed decision. So she can make a of, choice. Do you want to be with that or not? Right. <laughs> because that's what creates the pressure for both parties to truly evolve and become more solid in themselves, which then steers us back to the idea of safety. I have a belief if safety is a primary motivation in my life, marriage is a horrible choice. Well, that's not very good. <laughs> that's fine. But it, and I don't want to make this flippant or light because I'm putting myself in a situation where I'm going to get hurt. Yeah. Okay. That felt like a, I hear what you're saying because I've got the history with you. Someone that might be new would say, what the heck? Mm -hmm. But reality is that marriage is hard and humans are always going to disappoint, right? There's no human being that won't at some point disappoint us. And hurt us. And hurt us. Intentionally and otherwise. And so reality is, yeah, I'm not, as much as I would love to to tell every newlywed that's walking down the aisle, um, oh, you're in this safe relationship. <laughs> the person you're looking across at and doing the vows with, there's going to be some point where it hurts. Well, safety also is one of those things that it, it's beyond our control. Our spouse could die. Yeah, I, I mean, mean and that, but that's going to produce hurt. And so I think some of us come into this with idealized views of you must make me help me feel safe. And I don't, I, I think that's a worthy aspect of a marriage, but I can't put too much onus on it. Because what I think of what happens a lot of times, this is the picture that comes to my mind. You got something you wanted to add? You go and then I'll go. The picture that comes to my mind is uh, I fall out of a boat and I'm disoriented and I'm flailing about in the water because I'm hurt. I'm scared. I'm panicked. I don't, you know, and so I'm out in the middle of the ocean or I can't see land, wherever it may be. And so all of a sudden now here comes somebody to come rescue me. But I start fighting them too because they're not rescuing me in the manner I wish or how it took me so long. In those situations, you get a lot of panic, right? right? And so they're fighting off the lifeguard. Right. And so what a lifeguard is actually taught to do is if they can't subdue them, they have to make the choice of, will I sacrifice my life and where I die too? (laughs) I mean, that's an element of a dynamic that's at play that, I think is a good analogy to explain how marriage plays out. If somebody is on a route that's pulling me down too, eventually I I will reach a point of how do I save myself and see if my partner will save themselves too. That's how we get to the better parts of married life. Because then you both are swimming you both, and the analogy I think fits perfectly because in your when you're in the ocean, uh, I love this. Was from an old listener that we met in California when when our kids were little and we went and did a beach day with them mm-hmm. and his in their family. Um, he it, the waves were really high that day and he was just the kids and I and him and his kids swam out and he was just talking about okay the number one key to swimming in the ocean, relax. 
because the salt water adds more buoyancy. So if you'll relax, you'll float easier. Mm-hmm. You may won't stay afloat where you can just float out there, but don't panic. Don't waste your energy. Just relax yeah. and let the water help you. That's kind of the best way to look at marriage. Relax into some of these things. Soothe myself into some of these things. What's really being exposed in me in these things? How am I responding to these things? Not just reacting. Responding is the difference. My reactions, I get it. Some of them are just natural, emotional things. Mm-hmm. But what do I do with the space in between where my response lies? That's where I grow. That's yeah. where I teach something better. That's where I go deeper in my life and in my marriage. Yeah. I To go back to the safety topic, I, I don't think it's unrealistic for us as spouses, though. You know, we say marriage isn't, any relationship isn't necessarily safe, mm-hmm. right? Human beings will disappoint. But I don't think it's um, far-fetched to think, I would love for there to be safety within this relationship. I would love to feel secure within this relationship. And I would love to see a spouse that wants that for me too, right? Mm-hmm. And so when there's, when there's situations that arise... um. I'd love to see you step up and I and and be on the lookout for me. How is how is Pam doing? Mm-hmm. Right? Is there something I can do to you know hold her hand along this way? And, and that feels secure, right? I, that I feels you. like I've got a partner in this that we're on the same team going along the same I I'm not one that that believes all of that is dependent on you. I got to figure that out myself. But it's nice to know that the spouse wants to and cares. That's what helps determine, because you're not going to be able to see that actually in existence. It's like the the email from last week. She would have trouble, I'm going to speculate, seeing the work he's actually doing if she's still just reacting from hurt. Because it really then just becomes, take my hurt away. Make me not feel hurt. Can't do that. When there comes a point where that's completely up to her to address. Mm -hmm. If she's got trauma in the past that has been triggered from that, that's up to her to seek the help. And if he came at it with a, you know what, honey, it might be beneficial if you go see somebody. You know, that's going to, how is that going to land if you're really in a cycle of hurt? It's, well, you're the one that's got the problem. You're the one that caused all that. Now we've got this issue that just becomes this vortex of Well, in that one, it's like, let's go together. <laughs> sure. Walk alongside together sure. as opposed to, well, you need some help. Right. Right? <laughs> I mean, that, well, and, and, and that's, that's kind of this, I, I would say that's a little bit of the safety thing in my mind in that I'm, I'm willing to go talk to someone together. Right. Uh, we're in this battle together. Right. But, uh, but again, I still think there's a lot of times that what happens is the hurt becomes the paramount thing. And so he is the identified patient that has to solve his issue to help her rather than what I believe is happening. And what has that we have opportunities with doing is you both are being presented with aspects of yourself that you each need to deal with yourself. 
Yeah. And if you have the courage to see it that way, man, you change the dynamic of marriage quickly. Yeah. Well, and let's talk about that then. It, when you're talking about, um, so this was on reactions, right? Mm-hmm. And if I see the areas of myself, I'm hurt and he's trying to work on his piece over here. If I can catch myself to address how I'm, well, what am I trying to say here? It's looking at, here I am a month later, a month removed from whatever happened. And I'm triggered again. I'm, I'm mad. Right. Even three months later, Which will happen. I come home and I'm triggered and I'm mad about Trauma something. Trauma has a, an insidious way of repeating a pattern in tr- of triggers. Right. Absolutely. There's, a, there's, there's multiple ways you can handle this. You can just be mad and storm around and slam doors or whatever. You can come in and say flat out, you know what? Whatever your spouse's name is, Corey. Um... I just got triggered and in my, I'm, I'm really angry right now. Mm-hmm. And that ha- holds a whole different way. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to go and be away. I'm going to go mm-hmm. to the other room. Okay. I'm going to go something like that as opposed to just coming in and being combative. And I think that that's a way for um, folks that are trying to deal with their anger over it. They're not secure how is it that I am, when I get triggered again, what is it I'm saying? Am I communicating to them what, what triggered me to how, help in that journey? How am I journey? coming across? What am I teaching? Which is what we talked about with the right. idea of our reactions teach things. Right, yep. right. And, and so I think that there's also a difference of how did I react right when all this came out versus here I am a month out, two months, three months out, if I'm still doing that same thing. Step. I, I've got right. to figure and out, and I think that's what it is I'm saying. That's a huge distinction because you are talking about the initial hurt, the initial reaction will have a whole lot more uh, associated with it, a lot more intensity, most likely. As it goes forward, though, that's where we work. Right? We may not handle things in in real time real well. I mean, I'd like to think of ourselves as fairly emotionally mature in a lot of areas, but there's areas where, heck no. <laughs> I, don't, I don't handle that well at all. I did not handle that well at all. Yeah. And now I got to yeah, pick up either. some pieces and address it and deal with it and, ad- and address me better going forward. And so I think that's where the whole work takes place. That's the importance of this. And let, let's land it with this. Okay. There was a client I had from a long time ago. It's not on this subject, but the framework works. As, as she was describing the way she was going about life, the way her kids interacted, she would interact and react to her kids, the way her husband would and everything. Mm-hmm. At, and it, granted, I'm, I can come across harsh. I totally get that. But it, when it's coming from the best in me, it's, it's met by the best in people. Because the best in us is able to recognize, ooh, I can really lash out. I can really be harsh. I can really be cruel. I can, they see The best in us will recognize that. The worst in us would deny we do that. I don't do that. I'm just hurt. And I would justify it rather than, oh yeah, I could, I, I do that. That there's a difference, right? Yeah. So she's describing this. So I, I stopped her at one point and this was our first session. I was like, you know what, ma'am, you strike me as 
when things don't go your way, you become a bull in a china shop. And it took her off guard. She was not, she'd been to several therapists before, so she was not used to this bluntness. Mm -hmm. But I love it because I can still picture her. She sat back, took a breath. You could see her eyes kind of darting around. She's thinking that through. She's feeling that through because she immediately had a a feeling that Mm -hmm. came from it. And then she stopped and she looked me square in the eye. She said, I don't want to be a bull in a china shop. I'm like, well, you just took a huge step out then right there. Mm-hmm. That's the work. Mm-hmm. Because as us recognizing, we do these kinds of works all the time in our lives, in all kinds of situations in our lives. It just gets most intense in marriage, mm-hmm. particularly our sex lives. Mm-hmm. And so when we can start to see it, and that's where I love this kind of a email that's coming in today of, I think we missed the mark. Okay, I will acknowledge All right, we did not bring up the idea of trauma. Absolutely we didn't, but I don't want trauma to sway the route still. It adds another caveat to it. It absolutely, there's nuances, but the nuances is where most of the work takes place. So the framework still fits in my mind. Right. And it's recognizing I've got to take the steps necessary to save myself as well as reach out for help mm-hmm. from a spouse, a friend, a therapist, a coach. You know, there's a lot of options available. But man, I've got to swim to the surface myself. I've got to soothe myself to then take the next steps I need to take. That's how I get the most out of my life and marriage all the time. Mm-hmm. There are absolutely times... Pam, having done this now with the show with you for four and a half years or so, plus some of the other times you were filling in beforehand even, um, when when we do the extended content, that man, that needs to have a video associated with it. Because watching <laughs> your eyes and your face when we're trying to <laughs> go through something, and it's, what's interesting to me in this whole thing, and this is just uh, exposure, I guess, of, of me, I read that as, God, what am I doing wrong? What's going on? Because, but it also is like, maybe I don't have this clear in my own head as I thought I did. (laughs) (laughs) Well, facts are, I'm a slower learner. And, well, I don't know. I'm a smart girl. But Mm -hmm. some of this is Greek to me, right? You and I have different, we are polar opposites. (laughs) Nice tease for what went on in the extended right? content there. We are there. polar opposites on what we typically will spend time with or study right. or what we did in college, right? What right. we went to, to study there. Um, so it's, it's fun to help each other get smarter. Right. Number one and walk through this. <laughs> and also fun to have the pushback in the dynamic yeah. because it's where we get better. I mean, that's kind of the idea exactly. of this show is it's on extreme. Sometimes when we get the pushback, we get pushback from our audience and that's good. That's where we get better because it helps us clarify. It helps us clear up. It helps us refine. Well, and I hope it helps people. I mean, even when um, people are writing out their emails to us, yes, it, that this is all people refining what it is they believe, what it is they think, how they 
how they handle things. Um, So it's all a refining. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. If we left something undone or you have feedback for this feedback that came in, (laughs) let us know. 214-702-9565 or feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Transcripts are available on each of the episode's pages, as well as all the advertisers' deals and discount codes are available. So please consider supporting those who support the show. You can find them all at smr.fm. So however you took a little bit of time out to spend with us today, thank you. See you next time.